So here we are, another episode of Stick a Fork in It. And I'm like super excited because one of the favorite things that we do is food equals health. Yes, absolutely. And we have been invited by Tampa General Hospital, which my son works at, but he's not here today, um, to talk about a lot of interesting topics that anyone can benefit from. And not just your son works at but your son's had a much longer relationship with Tampa General than that, hasn't he? He was born here. I knew where the McDonald's was. So he's 31. He's like, do you know where we were going? I'm like, the McDonald's. Oh, I remember the McDonald's. So yeah, he was born here. He works here. Does yeah. all that kind of stuff. But really what the interesting part is, is how this relationship began. Right. Right? Absolutely. We were, I remember specifically because from the media standpoint, which is my role, we were going to do a story on how we were serving Um, expecting mothers and making sure they had the proper nutrition. Um, The clinic would identify those moms just to make sure. And we were ready to go with like a world changing media story. And COVID said no, or COVID protocols, which is the right thing to do. But of course, then we shifted into another favorite program. Groceries on the go. What a dignified, amazing experience. We won't go into. You can go to feedingtampabay.org, how we serve, and you can look up groceries on the go. It's phenomenal. Um, and the guys who run it are the best. Oh, yeah. Frank and Camarius are the best. Yeah, they're they're right? two of our favorites as, as co-workers. But I think your point, Shannon, what it speaks to for me is this has been a winding road it and TGH has. has been a fantastic partner all the way through. It has. Through all of the changes we've had to make for, mm-hmm. you know, the craziness of the last couple of years, um, all of the different protocols and procedures and uh, trying to figure this out. I think at the end of the day, the reason why we love TGH as a partner mm-hmm. is because the attitude was always, yeah. we're going to figure this out right. and we're going to serve the people who need us. Right. And, and then what can we do next? How can we best do this? So today we're, I'm really excited to have Kim, who we've worked with all along, and we got to see each other in person, which still remains phenomenal to me. And we're meeting Dr. Sharma. And we thank you so much for coming and lending your expertise to the show. My pleasure. Thank so, you. All right. So let's jump right in. Actually, before we uh, talk about the program, let's let's talk a little bit about each of you and kind of how you ended up here. Right, Shannon and I wander around the community with a microphone, dragging Ev behind to, to make sure we don't say <laughs> anything dumb. Actually, he drags us. Let's be real. Yes, that's a good point. <laughs> we love being at TGH. That's yes. fun for us. We like doing these on the road, but we really. Um, love to hear about the journey of our guests, right? How you ended up in a place where you were a partner with Feeding Tampa Bay. So Kim, it's probably best to start with you because you were you were there for day one of, of this partnership yeah. as we started to build it out. Tell us a little bit about that. I thought you were going to say age before beauty, uh, which yeah. was really the truth. <laughs> I would fine. definitely not first. say that. <laughs> I know better than that. I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you so much, both of you, for having us here today. Um, We consider Feeding Tampa Bay one of our very best partners in in the region and in the work that we do. And we're so grateful um, every day for all that you do. So thank you so much for that to to Mm. just start off. Yeah, my name is Kim Christine, and I am the Community Health and Wellness Administrator for Tampa General Hospital, which means that I am responsible for everything health and wellness related that sort of sits outside of the hospital walls, right? Mm -hmm. Also for our team member wellness program, which is pretty significant and robust, which is sort of us leading by example in the health and wellness world. And so that's what I do every day. I absolutely love my job. I'm really grateful to be able to be out in the community doing good work for our community members with partners just like you. We partner with so many wonderful organizations to do this work and to make sure that our residents really have um, the highest quality life that they can have um, and and, and do it together, right? This is all about doing things together, which is so important, especially in the post- semi-COVID world that we're in today. Absolutely. And we're transitioning into an inflation-driven world, uh-huh. but that's that's for all of us, really. Yeah. But I have a question. Is You go through town and you've got these billboards that are like the number one hospital and you know the number one in certain areas throughout care. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how it is that, that you guys receive those accolades? Sure. I'll, I'll start. Um, mm-hmm. So Tampa General Hospital, I don't know how many people know, but we have a very um, cool history. We're coming up on our 100th year wow. as an organization. We were founded back in 1827. 
Um, and we were founded as a very small community hospital with 186 beds. And today, we are one of the preeminent academic medical centers in yeah. the region for sure, um, in the state of Florida, and really in the nation now. We're being recognized over the past 10 years. We've been um, really growing in leaps and bounds. You probably mm-hmm. see us all over the place yes. now. Um, I think we were named, we were named number one in the region, um, hospitals in the region by U.S. News and World Report mm-hmm. this year, number three in the state of Florida. And um, among the top 50 hospitals in seven specialties in the nation. And um, that's just incredible. I mean, the growth that we have seen over the past 10 years. And I'd say, you know, and we were also named the number one employer for women in the nation Mm -hmm. by Forbes magazine this year. So that's very exciting for the women on the team. Uh, And I would just say, and Dr. Sharma, I'd love to hear your thoughts too, but I would say that, you know, it just goes to show what a team can do. It's really all about our team members and how incredible they are, how passionate they are for the care that we provide to our patients Mm -hmm. and how passionate they are and committed to the community and to our care for those in the community, whether they're our patients or not. So anyway, I'm super proud, as you can tell. (laughs) Well, no, and I love it. And that's why I asked that question. And, you know, we'll move to Dr. Sharma for just a second. How does that, as a professional, you know, I have a son who went through all of the things, the medical schools, the residencies, like it's a commitment um, to come out the other side and finally be professional. How does it feel for you to be part of this wonderful team? I can only imagine, but we need to hear it. Yeah, absolutely. So sure, a couple of things. One, Tampa General Hospital is one of the only programs in this area that has an integrative medicine department. And especially in this side of the country, um, you don't see that very often. And so the fact that they support this and are like-minded in these initiatives is something that I'm very proud of. And recently, uh, two years ago, I took over the medical director position of the integrative medicine program. And if our listeners are not aware of what integrative medicine is, it is a non-pharmacological natural approach to to health conditions. We work alongside with conventional medicine, and so it's not quite alternative where they do something completely different. We work as a team with conventional medicine and specialists, and we just provide a more holistic approach and use medications as kind of secondary. So some of our offerings at the hospital um, include things like meditation and mindfulness. We teach patients and their families and support them through diagnoses that are related to their hospital stay. We we provide music therapy, massage, um, yoga, aromatherapy, and they. We've sa- found that we see a lot of um, support in their pain and anxiety scores specifically. Sure. So we um, are essentially helping with the benzo and opioid epidemic that we are all experiencing um, across medical systems, and so that's something that I'm very proud of and um, happy that we can help support our specialists. And I get phone calls from hospitalists all the time saying thank. Thank you for your team for seeing this patient. I'm getting less calls from the nurse regarding, you know, getting on their pain medications every four hours, and it's really helped. And so, um, Tampa General is one of the only hospitals in the area that has an integrative um, department. So that's something that I'm really proud of. Um, another thing that I thought of when you were asking me this question was most residents. So this is my first job after graduating residency, and most residents, my colleagues tell, they usually switch jobs about three times before they find their home and before they find their favorite. Oh, wow. Yeah, Don't job. tell me that. Yeah. <laughs> you're in for it. So that might happen to you, may or may happen to your son. Right. Um, Just because when you're out, you're naive. You don't know what what you know what's out there, and especially with the climate right now, with COVID, there's just a lot of factors to consider. But a lot of my colleagues, um, very few of us have taken that first job and you know stayed and stuck with it, and just um, Tampa General allowing and supporting me through my integrative fellowship and uh, um, creating this program and this position for me and allowing me to do my inpatient outpatient work. It's a no-brainer for me to stay here and help them grow, and I'm just really passionate about all of the initiatives that our department's doing along with Kim, and we have some exciting projects that are going on that all support these really holistic, natural ways to treat patients and get to the root cause that, you know, um, a lot of our conditions and our issues could be preventable, right? There's Mm -hmm. obviously some genetics and some freak accidents that can come into play, but 80% of symptoms and health conditions could be prevented, and so 
So these initiatives, having natural um, natural holistic approaches, so important to me in my passion and my philosophy. And I'm really happy that it aligns with TGH as well. Well, it really sounds like, like we go back to the accolades, that it sounds like as a resident, you were so supportive and well supported by your teammates, by people in authority that you were learning from, that they really helped guide you on a path. And now you have a home, which is really amazing to hear and understand. That's a, a unique environment. We're lucky to have that at Feeding Tampa Bay as well, but to see potential growth and support that. So now that you're um, into that integrated medicine, that's an amazing story and, and speaks um, to the culture here at TGH, which well, is important when you're looking for care. Absolutely. And I think, you know, listening to you, Dr. Sharma, talk about the way that your work is supported and improves the rest of the you know, hospital work, right? The, the more traditional lines of medicine aligns so perfectly with how we approach our work at Feeding Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. It's a very similar path. You mm-hmm. know, we we could very easily be just a standard food bank. You guys could just do surgeries in the emergency department. Right. And and you've chosen as an organization to step out and, and look more holistically and, and really become experts in all of the pieces that create a healthy individual. And we share the same goal. That's that's why this relationship has been great from day mm-hmm. one because we came to each other and, and you guys very clearly understood without us saying a word what an important element health and diet and food are as kind of the way they mingle together. Um, and for us, you know, we tell people all the time that our outcome is not food or a meal, right? That's our outcome. Put our outcome is a healthy individual, right? Um, and so that's where I, I think our alignment has been just obvious from day one. And our organizations think about problems and approach challenges in very much the same way. Absolutely, it's like it's nice to be like minded. It's just a sense of relief, yes. and you just get it. And there's less explanation that's needed. Right. So it's nice that when you meet individuals and organizations and have this relationship based on common like minded um, ideals. Right, and it, it, it creates an immediate comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Right. So yep. I was comfortable calling and going. You know what? We want to do some, uh, you know, tips on men's health, teens, women. Who do we call to do that? And it was immediately you guys. So let's move into that. Now that we know what integrated medicine is, um, I would love to go through, you know, different populations in our community and maybe give some tips that, you know, may keep them out of the pharmacy, may save them some dollars there. And then they come to Feeding Tampa Bay to the food bank and it's able to adjust and go to other bills. So it just really seems like your field is really much healthier all around for the patient. Absolutely. Yeah. Men are unique individuals and sometimes they're oh, not. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say that's an understatement. <laughs> Guilty. Guilty as charged. They have their own, um, you know, unique um, concerns, health concerns that mm-hmm. um, need recognition. And so one of the things that I want to just briefly talk about is that men have a l- shorter life expectancy than women. And um, they tend to, some of the reasons for this is that they tend to engage in more risky behaviors. The number of suicidal um, attempts and successes and the number of overdoses and accidents um, are higher in the male wow. population. Yeah, it's it's that's a little surprising, but also it makes sense. It does, but um, it's sad it's, to me. It's sad. like you say that, and it's like, oh mm-hmm. man, okay. Yeah, um, another another factor is that men are less likely to have a primary care physician when compared to women, and unfortunately, men tend to ignore their symptoms when they occur. So, my wellness tips for the male population in general: very simple. One. Find a primary care physician. Go out there, talk to friends and family. You can look online for reviews. If you're stuck, you can call your insurance company and just find a PCP. Start with that. Mm -hmm. Two, schedule an annual physical. During this annual physical, and it is covered by insurance, so this is a once a year routine examination that should be covered by your insurance plan. You'll get a head-to-toe comprehensive exam, check vitals, you'll go through screening tests, vaccinations, and with that exam, you can pick up and recognize things that may become an issue later on, and you can act promptly before it becomes an issue later. There's also history too, right? That's a big factor. 
um, that I'm sure that if you have that primary care doctor and you share all that information, that really seems like a pain on the front end, but it's really going to the betterment of your health to know that history, right? Oh, absolutely. And especially with electronic medical records and, you know, fulfilling, putting in that, all that information and getting your family history. And then if your PCP sees other members in your family, it really helps to give you right. a good, unique, tailored, comprehensive treatment. Um, the other thing for men I like to recommend is to find a point person. It doesn't have to be a spouse, but find a point person where you can talk to about maybe symptoms that may come up that mm-hmm. might keep you accountable. It could be a coworker, a child, a friend, a spouse. That way, when things come up, you have somebody that might give you that pusher nug to go see your doctor. Um, And this is a technique that I use through my training of motivational interviewing, but a lot of people, and this may be more specifically successful with men, they tend to do better with very direct instructions and recommendations. And so I like to sometimes recommend Fitbits or you know, Apple Watches or those wearable devices where they can help keep track of their steps or a pedometer. And sometimes that is just that little nudge that um, males or, you know, anyone in general can really um, use that as something to be accountable for. So those are my general kind of wellness tips for men. So I didn't prepare them. They're outnumbered. But guys, do you have any (laughs) questions actually from a man's perspective? Yeah, I have a PCP and a Fitbit. Oh, right. well, there, there you go. go. Me too, me too. Good job. That's awesome. Well, okay, Matt, on to you. Know, you. <laughs> I, I'm right there with a PCP and, and a yeah, Apple now Watch. Apple yeah. Watch but yep. we, I'll tell you, though, I, I really recognize how getting my first Fitbit made me far more aware of the amount of walking and moving I was doing, the amount of times I got up during the day, the amount of times that I chose to park in the back of a parking lot instead of the front, and all those little things that just generally made me healthier, getting sun and getting outside. And, and um, you know, having that Fitbit, or now the Apple Watch that I wear, is a big part of that. I check mine every day. You know, I know how many steps I've taken. I know whether I met my exercise goal mm-hmm. and closed all my rings, right? I know all of those little pieces. And having a schedule to make sure those things happen, I think is, in, is especially helpful for me and a lot of the guys I know. Having a particular time during the day where you check mm-hmm. your health you know is maybe it's an hour before you plan to go to bed or after you put your kids down to check my watch and say oh i'm three thousand steps later than i expect to be at this point maybe i need to get outside Mm -hmm. or um you know if you have a group of guys to work out with that's that always makes a huge Mm -hmm. difference i find um sometimes that external motivator is is very effective for men in a way that I see my wife being very internally motivated, you know, mm-hmm. and she's uh, much better at achieving her health goals on her own. I need that push, that mm-hmm. prod, that, mm-hmm. you know, reminder. Well, and see, that, I must yes. have like a little bit of extra testosterone. Because <laughs> yes. Because, oh, I'm like the laziest person. I need help. Or actually, I'm going to try to make an appointment with you, Dr. Sharma. Absolutely, maybe, my pleasure. I think what you do is amazing. Um, and, you know, segueing a little bit, over to the ladies like we're ruling the room right now what do you what can you help us out with yes absolutely women i you know i'm a female myself so i I understand female anatomy and their body, and we experience a lot of complex physiological hormonal changes in our lifetime, from menses to menopause, and then if females choose to get pregnant and breastfeeding, there are a lot of periods in our life where we go through these Mm -hmm. hormonal changes. Um, Second thing when I think of females, my female colleagues, friends, family, and patients is that In general terms speaking, we tend to take on a lot of responsibilities for our family, um, our children, spouses, our community, and most women I know have running to-do lists in their mind all the time. And that stress of having these, you know, little things like, oh, I need to order more toilet paper, or this is running out at work, or Mm -hmm. simple things, um, just constantly running in the back of my mind does tend to lead to some avid level of burnout and stress and anxiety can disrupt their sleep. And so my, you know, wellness tip for women is to establish a stress reduction technique routine every single day. And this is something that you can start with five, 10 minutes, you know, start with five minutes a day and then try to increase it. But 
I think it's important to try to get out of your environment at home so you can really, you know, disconnect from the distractions. So Mm -hmm. it could be even in your car. It could be going for a walk. Um, My favorite you know, stress reduction techniques are deep breathing exercises and yoga and meditation. Deep breathing is so easy. It's free. You can do it from anywhere, (laughs) Anywhere, any moment, any moment. No one really knows if you're doing it. So I always do my breathing techniques on the way to work on the way back. And so that's how I kind of fit it in. Um, For those of you who need some tips on which ones, there's tons out there. But my personal favorite is the Dr. Andrew Weil 478. You breathe in in for four, hold your breath for seven, and you exhale for eight. Um, You do that in cycles of four. You can look it up. He has videos online to demonstrate. And I also really enjoy alternate nostril breathing, which is something also easy to look up online. Um, But they're free. They're easy. You can incorporate it. You can start with that. But every individual, and I and I love Eastern medical, medical systems like Ayurveda and traditional Chinese medicine because they put emphasis that each individual is very unique and has mm-hmm. a unique um, body psychotype and um, body constitution. And so different from conventional medicine, we, you know, we have a treatment that's we give to every single patient. And so that respects our everyone's nuances, everyone's differences, and they really hone in on individual treatment regimens. So find something that works for you because mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily work for everyone. I love yoga. Most people do, but some people might not be their thing. Right. So it could be Tai Chi, going for a walk, exercise. So find something, play around with a few different things, start with five minutes and then increase and really try to prioritize. Little changes each day can make immense changes um, long-term. And then my second wellness tip for women goes back to those hormonal fluctuations. And so if you are experiencing symptoms related to anxiety, hot flashes, irritability, or painful menses, breast pain, um, please don't ignore them. Go see your provider. And there are tons of treatment treatment options that are medication, there's bioidentical hormones, and then there's a lot of integrative treatment options where we can tweak your diet and work with botanicals and supplements. So there are things out there that you can use to help support you through those, through through those complex changes. Wow. Okay. Now it's like another check in the box to make an appointment. (laughs) I do have to actually back Matt up for a second is as a father, He's an equal partner. It's. I think we see it more often now. I don't know how old you guys are, but I'm. I'm fifty five. I'm going to be fifty five. So it's like I've seen a change in how men lean in um, a lot uh, in ways that really wasn't the standard before. And I watch this one, or I call <laughs> him, and he's on his way to this, backing up his wife and taking care of his kids. And so, good it's, man. It's funny, you know. It's such a different world now with some of yeah. those things. I I know older dads who have who are very, very involved and have told stories about when they were out with their children, somebody says, you know, oh, are you babysitting today? It's like, no, I am <laughs> no, with my mine. child. I'm co-parenting. I am parenting my child and my wife is doing something else. Right. That's not called babysitting. That's right. called that's being called a being dad. dad. <laughs> you yep, know? Yep, yep, and, yep. and that's not the kind of thing that I've ever experienced. You know, I'm with my kids all the time. Yes, you know? yes. And not just coaching sports, but doing all sorts of other things. And I've I've never really experienced that. And so it's nice to see that society is is much more cognizant of an active male role. Right. So it seems, you know, rounding that out, it's we're much more mindful, you know, from a hospital perspective, from integrated medicine to put the thought into that, to back up traditional medicine, to ways we parent that have changed. I don't think it was, it was not intentional to not lean in the way that we do, but we're just we think more about the outcomes, right? Mm -hmm. Which is, you know, you talked about children. You know, we all have children in the, well, Ev, not yet. We've got (laughs) sisters. Yeah, half sisters. But so anything on, you know, I have minor grown, um, except college. College is something. We'll get to that. But um, anything (laughs) that you have. (laughs) (laughs) That's the mom needs to check out and just not know. I don't know. Um, But how can we help support 
our children's better health. You know, I, from what I understand, you're a new mom. Yes. So this is new to you. You come from a family of three sisters, right? Yes. Okay. And then those the twin boys snuck in at your dad's request, yes. kind of, right? <laughs> so you have like a really um, healthy outlook on growing up different age groups, different personalities, boys or girls. So how can you help yes. anyone listening kind of to clue in to help our kids yes um i was fortunate because our my family and my mom um recognized good healthy habits and so we growing up our medicine cabinet didn't have you know ibuprofen and tylenol we would use turmeric and ginger teas and fennels and um, different kind of tinctures and things to help with our symptoms as a first line and then you know if we needed medication later but we had um a good foundation um i'm a board certified family medicine physician so i have training in all ages and one of the major concerns that i'm seeing um, Um, and a lot of pediatricians are seeing is pediatric obesity has become a major issue. And in fact, we are seeing the same conditions and chronic diseases adults get in children, which is very unique for our pediatricians to be able to treat because Mm -hmm. that's not the training that they receive. Or, you know, eight-year-old isn't supposed to have metabolic syndrome or diabetes. and, And so we're seeing these same conditions, which is really concerning. The other thing, um, that we're seeing a lot more of is the increased number of ADHD Mm -hmm. in a lot of, and there's a spectrum of autism and ADHD, and we recognize that there is different levels of it. Um, There's some thought to be associated that some of these increase in numbers are associated to environmental toxins and the increase of screen time and electronic devices. And so the American, yeah, absolutely. Um, We don't realize how toxic our world is and how it's really hard to kind of avoid those toxins and we have to be mindful and be careful about what we expose our body to our skin to our mind to right so i stopped watching the news a while ago (laughs) (laughs) it was wearing down on me too much but um pediatric is obesity and then the adhd is just used so american academy of pediatrics stated that and these numbers are pre-pandemic the average 8 to 12 year old has about four to six hours of screen time a day and the average teen spends over nine hours of screen time a day pre-pandemic and so what are they doing instead they're indoors and when we used to be outside in nature around trees drinking out of the hose which probably isn't a good thing now but still (laughs) yeah i don't know if i trust (laughs) our water for that not anymore because then that's the environmental thing again yes yes but you know you just said as an adult that the best thing for us to do is check out find our time our kids aren't checking out like at all until they pass out which is might be sometimes with the phone in their hand right definitely it's disruptive to their sleep and so i always recommend my pediatric adolescent patients um the it's called the five two one zero rule so five stands for eating five veggies and fruits a day preferably veggies over fruit so three or four veggies maybe one or two fruit Two, limit your screen time to two hours a day. One hour of physical activity. And I love to call physical activity enjoyable movement because sometimes people are turned off by the word exercise. And so, me, yes, a lot of people are. (laughs) So find ways to enjoyably move. This could be running outside with your family, your friends, bike ride, going for a walk, gardening, planting your food, making food. And zero stands for zero sugary sweetened beverages. I just want to highlight this for one moment. We are a society that is addicted to sweetening our beverages. Our liquids are not supposed to be dessert-like. And we, with energy drinks and loading up tea and coffee with sugar and all these syrups and flavoring, we are not supposed to be doing that. This is havoc wreaks havoc on our health system and our mind and our body and is just a culprit for a lot of chronic diseases and pediatric obesity. So stay away from any sweetened beverage from of the obvious things like soda and pop and juices, but all of the other hidden beverages that have these added sugars. Well, and, in, and with young children, you can start that. For instance, you yes. know, I used to water down the apple juice. Like you see on the TikToks where they're yes. sneaking it, but I didn't sneak. I mean, that yes. was just what apple juice was. So it's really 
kind of coming back with what you're saying is on the parents. So this is a great training tool yep. for parents to start young. And, you know, most of our phones have that time where you can check it and see how long you've been looking, right? Yeah. And that they know it, you know, two hours and, you know, that's enough for you today. So it's really to retraining our kids a little bit. I think technology grew so fast that we couldn't didn't keep up with monitoring yes. the effects of it. Yeah? Yeah, yeah absolutely. I think... The, our food has changed in very much the same oh, way, yeah. right? All of the 100%. additives and preservatives and all yes. the other things that are in food that have an impact on ADHD, on uh, attention spans, on obesity, on all of those things. Um, you know, we have a one soda a week rule in my house and a soda or sugary drink because I have a, I have a couple of lawyers of children that are like, well, is lemonade a, it's not a soda. Like, okay. So sugary drink, um, but it has fruit in it. But does my chai from Starbucks count? Yes, it counts. And so, and those are a lot of conversations going on in my house. HSN, through their HSN Cares program, has come in strong to support our work at Feeding Tampa Bay. It was important to their local employees to support a local nonprofit, and they are showing up with support for our Pinellas Empowerment Center and Trinity Cafe. In addition to their financial support, they have provided beautiful kitchenware for our guests to enjoy in the dining room. And we were excited to host teams of their employees at our Pinellas Empowerment Center in July and August, serving their neighbors through the Community Market and Trinity Cafe. Um, I, I'd love to shift to the foods because you've touched on that a little bit. And, you know, this is how we ended up being in partnership yeah. in the first place, because the access to and consumption of, right, because those are actually two different things, um, healthy whole foods makes a huge, huge difference. So mm -hmm. I would love to hear, Kim, your thoughts on, you know, how you see that playing out in the community, how TGH has stepped up in this arena, how Feeding Tampa Bay is trying to learn from you and then work together to, to make it happen. Um, just share with us a little bit about your, your journey with healthy foods and, and how we can partner together on that. Yeah, great. It's, it's a big part of what we are doing right now in the community and in our hospital as well. It's just... Um, it's really come to the forefront of so much of the things that we talk about when we talk about health and wellness. And so you guys are right on the front lines. <laughs> you really are. And, and again, just such an amazing partner on this front. So we're doing a few things um, with regard to access to healthy foods and then also con consumption of, of healthy foods. And one of the really neat things we're doing, we've just launched a program called Tampa Well. And mm. I don't know how many people have really heard about it, so but you will, be, it. <laughs> you will be seeing it. It's really super cool. It's a grassroots community um, project. Mm -hmm. And the goal, the end goal is to improve the health of our residents in this community. That's just bottom line. It's mm -hmm. very basic. It's movement, or what did you call it? I loved it. Enjoyable, enjoyable movement. Enjoy enjoyable oh, movement. <laughs> I love it. It's enjoyable movement. It's by the way, I don't consider yard work enjoyable. Just be clear but about that. Not in our weather here Gardening. right now. Yeah, that's yeah. the same thing to me. Debate, all debatable, right? All debatable. Um, enjoyable movement. It's access to healthy food and, and eating, consumption of healthy food. And it's positive mental health because we all know that that's another serious concern yeah. these days. And so um, the goal is to sort of systematically in a grassroots way, one person at a time, try and address those things in our community via a partnership approach. So pulling together stakeholders across Tampa Bay, Feeding Tampa Bay, YMCA, the city of Tampa, Visit Tampa Bay, USF Health, you know, you name it, all of these folks have a, um, a play in the health and wellness of our community in one way or another. And so it's having this sort of building this common mission and right. common plan to, to move forward and to improve. And, and so we all know we're doing great work. 
You guys yeah. are doing great work. Mm-hmm. TGH is doing great work. It, all of these groups are doing great work, but it's not coordinated in, in many ways. Mm-hmm. And so the idea is to start to bring together those streams of work so that we're all working in, in the same on the same path. So um, two, one of the things we're doing with, t- I get really excited when I start to talk about it. this. I know. But You're one- just like glowing with it. <laughs> so you guys can't see her, but she's just like, the smile is huge. She's glowing with it. <laughs> Tell us. So ACSM is an organization that um, created a program called Exercises Medicine. And and you know by the name what it is. Mm-hmm. Instead of, or in addition to prescribing Dr. Sharma, having a patient come in and they're overweight or maybe they're pre-diabetic, and instead of Dr. Sharma giving them a medication and saying, here, go take this pill and I'll see you in six months, Dr. Sharma starts talking to them about what they eat and about how yes. what they um, do physically, what, to, to be physically active. She asks a series of questions. It flags them. Now, she's very good at this, but for other providers who, <laughs> who aren't maybe as far down the path, it flags that patient for sedentary behavior and, and in the future for eating in an unhealthy manner. And then the prescription is for movement. I'm going to prescribe for you to go on a walk three days a week for a mile and then, you know, incrementally move that up over the next six months. And when you come back in six months, number one, you're going to be tracking your your data and your information. It's going to come back through the electronic medical medical record so I can see that you've done it. Oh, wow. But two, when you come back, I'm going to ask you the questions again and we're going to see how you're doing and we're going to start to track, you know, is your weight improving? Are your, um, yeah, is your a one C improving your vitals, labs, yep, mental health, the whole bit, and mental. But there's health. a way for you guys to track that because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. so many people need that encouragement or to know that someone's going to see that, right? So there is a system in place to track it. That's Basically right. Oh, that's prescribing so a Fitbit. Prescribing a Fitbit for some people, yeah. it might be different things for different people based on you know what their goals are, what their right. challenges are. Right? We know that different people have different challenges. So to take that to the next level, you know, food is medicine, right? We all know that food is medicine. We're learning that more and more every single day. And Dr. Sharma can speak to this, but. Um, in conjunction with Feeding Tampa Bay and others, we're also talking to the YMCA about some prescription um, food programs. But we have um, worked with Feeding Tampa Bay on the Groceries on the Go program. And I love that you talked about the the, mother, the moms, the pregnant moms, because that was the first group of yeah. people that yeah. we worked with out at Health Park was yeah. the pregnant moms in our Genesis Clinic. Wow. And we um, are we identified those that were food insecure mm-hmm. and, and not being able to eat in a healthy manner. And with your help, we were able to give them give them healthy food right. on a regular cadence. Right, um, and encouragement. Because, you know, you have gestational diabetes. You have all yeah. these things that come up yeah. by not watching or, or eating on the budget. You know, the drive throughs quicker, yeah. you know, and it has the milkshake or whatever. But if we can help um, yep. provide that, that's incredible. Yep. And education. Yes. Because obviously that goes along with it all. It's it's not just giving the food. Right. You need to teach right. and educate on why it's important and on how you can do it on a budget and Absolutely. how you can plant your own food. And that ties in. I'll, I'll stop here. Maybe we'll get into it, though. But we are building a community garden out of our I was waiting for you to mention location. that. I'm super excited about this community garden. <laughs> in East Tampa. And right next to the community garden is going to be a um, food pantry that we are going to yes. stop with food from yes. feeding Tampa Bay and worked again to really roll out a systematic process of nutrition as medicine for our patients at um, in, in East Tampa that are, um, they live in a food desert. And so it's even more important out there to provide this opportunity. Yeah, I love that you highlight education as part of it because to me, one of the challenges that we see in the community, and this can be true of exercise or healthy eating or any other positive health behavior, it's one thing to be told what to do. Mm. It's another thing to have the resources to make it happen, and then still yet another thing to understand how to do it effectively, right? And so when, when you guys talk about not just handing over fruits and vegetables, but also saying, by the way... If you fry this in oil and then slather butter butter all over it, it's no longer healthy. <laughs> right. And so here are some ways to make it tasty without necessarily ruining right. all of the good pieces of yeah. it, right? 
Yes. So I'll just tell you one quick story because I think it's really cool. We had a community barbecue out in East Tampa the other day, um, a few weeks ago now. And that community, you know, you didn't need to be um, cognizant of the people and their culture and what they, you know, they're going to eat. That's important. It's mm-hmm. food going into your body, right? So we wanted to do something that was that, that they would want, and they would. So we were going to do barbecue. Well, we all know that barbecue. <laughs> Don't tell. I'm I'm tuning this part out. Tune it out. Yeah, is not the healthiest thing that you know we would all be wanting to eat every day. But what we did was we had we had the barbecue. We surrounded it with some other healthy options. But at the end of the barbecue line, we invited another partner called Well Fed. You guys probably know them. Mm -hmm. And they were at the end of the line teaching people, educating people on how to make at home when they go home their barbecue healthier. Oh, I love that. So realistic time, realistic. I know you want your barbecue. Gotcha. So do you remember some of those tips? Well, so I don't. <laughs> oh, We'll okay. have to bring John back. You know, we, we actually uh, work very closely with Well-Fed and Perfect. Well-Built Bikes right. and, and the yeah. team over there. So There we go. Yeah. We'll get him to chime in on that. Get him to chime in. You know, I wanted to, because I've been to your East Tampa location, and I've been in Tampa for a really long time. And when these kind of efforts go into communities, it elevates that community. Mm-hmm. Um, they have more pride in their area. So when I drove through, I have driven through that community and it struggled. But you drive through and what a difference there already is for the time and energy that you guys are investing with your partners into that community. They're so proud and so kind. And they were all along. They just needed somebody to give them a little attention and help lift them, right? Which is how we both feel. Yeah, right. absolutely. Yep. And when you surround yourself with, again, like-minded people or people that promote health and wellness and that optimization, it keeps you accountable. It keeps you going. So you're surrounding yourself with people that have the same ideals as you that will push and motivate you. So that's powerful in its own. And the group community is so powerful as well. Yeah, it's just like that hub for really well overall wellness, right? That It's just so wonderful for me to see because I've seen it in a different way. So I definitely um, have noticed a difference and many others have as well. So we're getting close on time, but there's one group of people that, you know, at Feeding Tampa Bay, we have a tremendous concern for because our seniors are on fixed income. Mm -hmm. We have inflation. Uh, It comes to a point where um, they may make difficult choices to maybe care for pets um, and there comes a pride because of that generational gap that we have in asking for help. Um, how can we help support seniors in a better way? Yeah, so seniors, again, they have their own unique concerns related to memory, cognition. Um, as we age, we have more inflammation, arthritis, so they have some pain associated with that. And so my wellness tips, and a lot of these can be used for many different populations and Mm -hmm. for different groups, but for seniors, I always try to hone in on, again, enjoyable movement. We know that physical activity has a significant improvement on cognition and preventing cognitive impairment later on. Um, and there's in the secondly, brain healthy foods are really helpful to just keep your mind sharp. And so these are foods in general that all of us should be eating. But some of the brain healthy foods are nuts, olive oil, beans, lentils, legumes, um, wine can be considered healthy for the brain as well. Oh wow! Ding 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 ding! <laughs> just make sure well, it's organic and so sulfite free right and now. processed the right way. <laughs> And, um, and then obviously avoid the foods that are not good for the brain and for the body. And these are fast and fried food, butter, stick margarine, sugar, and processed foods. So try to increase your brain health, promoting foods and decrease the foods that are bad for your overall brain and um, health. And then another um, thing that I always try to, another tip that I tell seniors is to establish a creative arts um, activity. There was a really interesting study done by Mayo where they looked at seniors, I believe from ages 80 onwards, and there was 
20,000 participants. And they found that those that participated in a creative arts activity later in life had a 73% decreased um, cognitive impairment at the end of their study. And so that's significant, huge. These are powerful numbers. And it could be anything simple from coloring or painting, learning how to play the piano. Some type of creative arts has been shown to really help keep the brain intact, help with memory, help with that creativity. And I love, you know, technology and the advances that we made, but sometimes it prevents our creative us to be creative. Mm-hmm. I go in and I see patients and I have my my note in place with all the templates and I just need to, you know, drop down menu and put things in, but sometimes I try not to use it and I just let myself be creative and put in with my own words and my mm-hmm. own, you know, meaning and story behind what, you know, I saw and that helps me remember the patient better if I haven't seen them in a year or six months because there's a specific story behind it. And lastly, um, try to adopt, and this could be for everyone because we all want to age gracefully, Mm -hmm. um, try to adopt a blue zone, um, the blue zone um, lifestyle. And for those that are not familiar with what blue zones are, there are five blue zones in the world, and these regions have been found to have the highest number of people that live past 100. And they have the set there. There's eight lifestyle pillars that they all um, have in common. And this includes moving naturally, so enjoyable movement. And these people in these regions aren't, you know, lifting iron and going to the gym particularly, but they have movement in their day-to-day by walking to their neighbor's house or planting or having a garden or making their own food. So that's one of the elements that these people follow daily. Um, A sense of purpose. So having meaning having a reason to get up in the morning or being Mm -hmm. proud or happy about something is just really fulfilling and has been shown to really be health promoting. Three, they always take breaks to de-stress. All of these individuals take a nap or they have some type of mindfulness or stress reduction in their day every day, which I think, unfortunately, our society, we're not we don't prioritize that enough. Um, they eat a plant-forward diet. So I'm a big plant-based proponent, and I don't recommend my patients to you know, become vegan. That's you know, personal choice. And like we were saying earlier about the cultural aspects of food, you know, I can't tell some of my Indian um, patients who live on roti and naan and rice not to eat that. It's just right. not realistic. And but there's, there's a balance. There's a balance. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of um, you know, memories and connections with food. So I understand that. Not everyone is going to be vegan, but time and time again, with all of our research, we know that plants are good for you. So incorporate them in your diet. Try to eat most of that in your diet. And so all of these people, generally, they don't eat meat at all, or if they do, it's very minimal. Um, The next point is that most do drink one to two glasses of wine a day. Again, you need to be aware of... I'm I'm good with all of this so far. (laughs) Be, you know, aware of how the wine is processed, organic, if if you can, sulfite-free. Those things are important. Um, The issue with our food, like you were mentioning earlier, is not a, you know, gluten. A lot of people try to avoid gluten. And it's not that the grain or the wheat is bad for you. It all comes down to how the food has changed and been modified and processed and that's the issue that we have Um, and it's changed over the past 20 30 years tremendously and that's why gluten causes a lot of inflammation and we know that and so for some health conditions it might be but it's not because wheat in the grain is bad for you it's actually beneficial Um, lastly, a couple more points for the Blue Zones. They belong to a faith-based organization. So depending, irregardless of the denomination, having spirituality and a community and connection mm-hmm. is really health-promoting. Um, they put their families first before money and career and power, which I thought was interesting. And lastly, they are surrounded by a community that prioritizes health and so they do too and it's just kind of natural and um, a pattern amongst all these people so for everyone in general and especially our seniors if you want to live gracefully and about to a hundred if that's something that you want to do and you want to have a good quality of life that these are some of the um, tips that you could look into right well it really it's not longevity it's investing in yourself right in the right way 
a couple I always of things say that, that health is an investment, not an expense. Right. I'm a big proponent of vitamins and supplements, and sometimes they are they can add up and they're expensive. And if you do have a good variety of colorful vegetables and fruits, and you aim for that, I still see deficiencies. And so it's because of those things how our food has changed, our soil is, and our environment has changed. Mm-hmm. And so when patients make a comment like, "Oh, I don't know if it's too expensive," I always say your health is an investment on an expense. It's something that you choose to do and it's cheaper than, you know, getting the weight loss medication, Ozempic or Wigovi, for example, that's, you know, $1,000 or whatever it may be. Right. Yeah. So something with going back, you know, focusing in on the seniors, some of the things that you said made me think my mother is in an ALF. Okay. And I've learned from experience not going in educated. I'm very fortunate she landed in a space, but, you know, Folks need to look for a place that has the creative outlets, that has the libraries, that has the schedules, that has the time. Look at the diet plan. Um, it doesn't have to be the most beautiful location, but as long as it's clean and well-kept, really feeding their minds, right, in the correct way is what yes. you're saying, um, is really the most important of it all, yeah? Absolutely. What you put in your body, so what you eat, what you put on your skin, what you surround your eyes with, what you hear, all of that, we take that in, right? And mm-hmm. I'm a big mind-body, mindfulness is a big philosophy in the integrative world, and anything that happens to the mind, they're interchangeable. They they come together, they're union, so anything that happens to the mind affects the body, anything that happens to the body mm-hmm. affects the mind, so all of your senses, just be mindful of what you see, what you hear, what you put right. in your system, Absolutely. To keep going and be healthy. Mm-hmm. Well, you guys have been awesome. Thank you so much. I feel healthier already just <laughs> drinking my water. Way, <laughs> oh, well, I'm, I'm going to count I, it. I, um, have, <laughs> I have one more tip that I just um, remember this that I... be aimed directly at me. No, it's not. No, not at all. I don't think it actually applies to anybody in this room at all. Uh, it's just come up so much in the last couple of years. And so sedentary lifestyle. So we have a lot of working from home. We're in front of Zoom. Yes. We're sitting down. And so a lot of research has shown that sedentary lifestyle is as risky as smoking. Mm-hmm. And so what? pretty, yeah, pretty significant. And we're just seeing so much inflammation and cortisol increasing and increased risk of chronic diseases. And so all of my working from home people and people that are in front of a screen screens, unfortunately, for work. Um, A good tip that I find really useful is to keep a little alarm on your phone that goes off every 60 minutes. If that's not possible, then every 75 to 90 minutes and get up from where you are, do a brisk walk around your chair, your computer, home, wherever you are, quick stretch, and then sit back down. If you do that at the end of the day, you're adding an extra 15 minutes of moderate activity in in your day to day. And if you add in another brisk walk in the evening with your family and do a little bit more more intense workouts on the weekend, you're getting closer to a good optimal exercise goal. And so that's why that's, one of the things I, that, that may be the most important tip she's given right? just now for, <laughs> Pretty good one. for me personally. Spend a lot of time on oh, Zoom. Yeah, we do. <laughs> we do. And that's our yes. culture now. Or in our cars. Yes. Yes. Because that's the other part of the sedentary yes. breathing. Right? Sitting still yes. in your car. Can implement your deep breathing yeah. exercise then. Yeah. So Ladies, thank you so much for taking the time, organizing your thoughts, pulling together, partnering with us, investing in a community in such a beautiful way. We'll have the link to Tampa Well, um, where our our podcast is uh, placed. And um, we really appreciate it. And we've shared a lot of good tips for anyone listening. And me too. Yes, thank you guys. Thank you for having us. You can learn more about Feeding Tampa Bay and how to join the movement at feedingtampabay.org. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Feeding Tampa Bay.